Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me because it takes about a fraction of a second and it goes a long long way in helping us grow the show and put it in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So today, the Cowboys had a little bit of fighting in practice. And I'll tell you what, everyone has guilty pleasures in life. Some people, there is a Taylor Swift that they might like to sing in the shower. Maybe our song from 2006, Do Not Judge Me, excuse me, Do Not Judge People Who who Do That. Uh, Some people like Gilmore Girls and are too afraid to admit it. My biggest guilty pleasure in life has to be the fact that I absolutely love players getting into fights in training camp. I just enjoy it. I think that plenty of football fans will relate to that. It's fun to watch it happen. It's intense. And you get the feeling that your football team cares. People care. Uh, You know, the players involved on your most passionate fandom care pretty much almost as much as you do or at least you feel like they do when they start throwing hands in practice well today the cowboys had two separate incidents where hands flew hands were caught by some players and it all started with sam williams and tyler viadish we'll take a look at two of these clips and we'll take a look at another important moment relating to Tyler Viadish himself. But today, the clips that we'll see, let's start with the first fight. And you will see Brock Hoffman, number 67, playing a drill against Sam Williams, number 54. And then after a little bit of hand fighting, Sam Williams looks ready to take a swing at Hoffman. And that's where Tyler Viadish, starting center, steps in and sends Williams to the floor in a violent violent way so let's get ready to watch the clip ladies and gentlemen volume alert as you guys know I don't control exactly how the volume of this clip will sound so be at the ready because this might get loud and let's watch the clip here we go all right there before we do that let me say shout out to Patrick Nosey Walker This video is from him on Twitter. You can check it out at his Twitter handle, Voice of the Star. Okay, now let's roll the clip. Here we go. 
There's Isaac holding Sam Williams, by the way. That's a clip. Sam Williams fighting. Uh, Sam Williams fighting Tyler Viadish. It started with a little bit of a fight with, you know, Brock Hoffman, and then Biadish gets involved. That's incident number one. A couple of notes. Isaac tries to hold Sam Williams back, which I thought was interesting because it speaks to the, you know, relationship that these players have in the sense that Williams is a breakout candidate. Isaac is facing an uphill battle for, for a place on the team, yet there's that trust there that Isaac can intervene, even if it's just holding him back. I thought that was Cool to note, and you guys know Isaac is my guy, so had to mention it. And then Dan Quinn tries to get involved. Coach Dirt tries to get involved, and they try to push him back. And, you know, there's some back and forth, some yelling from Sam Williams. This wasn't it, though. This wasn't it. This was the first incident. Then, then comes the second incident. Now, the clip that we have from that, there's no perfect clip from the second incident, by the way. Uh, this is going to be from Todd Arker from ESPN. And what you will see is Micah actually throw a punch at Viadish. So this is Micah Parsons starting the fight. And we'll talk more about that later because Dak Prescott had some words about it. Uh, but Micah throws a punch. And then Sam Williams kind of takes the opportunity to take revenge on the first incident, and he blindsides Tyler Viadish. I don't know if you if we will be able to catch it all when I roll this clip, but I wanted to give you the context first before we dive into the video for it to be more easily identifiable. So here we go. This is Micah Parsons versus Tyler Viadish getting it started. Here we go. Notice how Dak pulls apart Micah. He pulls him aside and talks to him. And then there's a little shove right at the end. Boom. I think that's significant. I think that that final part about Dak and Micah. So Dak pulls Micah pretty much right away. Like after things, you know, escalate. Dak takes Micah, pulls him aside, has some words for him. And then he has that push. Like, you know, not a... Let's fight, push. Just like, all right, I told you what I had to tell you. Now go and think about it, right? Go to your room and think about it. That's how, how it kind of feels. And it really speaks volumes about Dak's leadership within the team. Like, Prescott is not telling a second player, a second year player like Sam Williams, he's not letting him have it. He's not letting Tyler Viadish, who's been around uh, for a long time, and but he's not a superstar or anything like that. He is letting Micah freaking Parsons, one of the best players in the NFL, he's telling him things as they are and then throwing that final push. Cal Humans from DallasCowboys.com tweeted out, this is Dak Prescott's team. Like, if you were wondering, this is always Dak Prescott's team. It's not Micah's team. It's Dak's team. And I think that matters too. Uh, now, 
some people will take this training camp fight stuff the negative way and some people will be like hey man this team isn't bodying or this team is fighting this team doesn't like you know the team they don't like each other but it isn't true this is training camp imagine this these are grown men going at it physically every single day seeing each other's faces and having physical contact with them in a violent way right every single day and imagine the kind of stuff that he said each and every rep like i can guarantee you they try to get in, uh, under each other's skin at some point it's gotta reach a tipping point and i think that's what happened on wednesday today so i'm not worried about it at all i will say i I'm not entirely a fan of Sam Williams being the one responsible for both escalations. So like Williams is fighting. Well, I I'll actually, you could say that Tyler Viotis is a in big part, the guy that escalated things the first time, but I'm not entirely sure because I think that Sam Williams looks ready to swing the first time at Brock Hoffman. So maybe you're not a fan of, having that happen and then having Williams blindside Viadish a little bit later on the same day. Maybe you're not a fan of that, but after all, if he is, if he leaves that in Oxnard, if that stays in Oxnard and that stays in training camp and it doesn't show up in the regular season, because we know that Williams is a little bit violent. Like we know he's somebody that, you know, needs to tone it down on game day. As long as he does that, it should be okay. And he didn't swing, like Lance Bell says. Like, looks like he's getting ready to swing, and then he doesn't really swing. And at first, I might have thought that, hey, maybe that's him not properly swinging, or Tyler Viadis is stopping him. But it does look like he's not really going to swing. Like, the entire motion looks like it, but you don't see the arm extended out or anything like that. I will point to one moment, though, on the preseason opener where Williams is in position to just pick up, I think it's Travis Etienne. I, I'm not sure if it's Etienne or if it's Bigsby or who, but he, I think it's Bigsby. Uh, he picks up the Jaguars running back and he's in a position to slam him to the ground like he did in uh, as a rookie in 2022. And he didn't because maybe he understood, hey, this is a game-like situation. It might be preseason, but it's a game. I'm not going to be called for a personal foul right now in the first game of the year as long as that is his mentality on game days on Sundays it should be fine listen it's football these are grown men going at it physically every single day they are bound to have one or two moments like the one they had on like the ones they had on on Wednesday so I'm not too worried about it now let me see what you guys have to say in the chat let me know let me know do you like or dislike training camp fights as a fan would you rather have one or two fights or would you rather have uh no fights at all do you like or dislike them let me know in the chat in the meantime let me say hi because i know that i went on my initial rant like i usually do uh, but let me say hi here uh, we've got colin on the show we've got gilbert at facebook east side uh, who says the whole team looks soft. I don't know where you get that from. Is tight. Like, why? Why? Because they're fighting. Does that mean the other 31 teams are soft too? 
the chips or the chips soft because <laughs> this kind of stuff happens everywhere, man. Everywhere in the NFL. It's not even about having played football because I saw, I think it was uh, Patrick Nosey Walker, and of course, all the respect to him. And, and he tweeted out, some people, uh, you can tell right away who hasn't played football ever. I think with this kind of stuff, you can tell who hasn't even been watching football for a long time or paying attention in training camp because this happens everywhere, everywhere. Why do you think hard knocks exist in the first place, right? Katharina says, as long as they do not get hurt, Mo. That is true. That is true. As long as they don't, you know, get hurt. Let's see. High, sensi high insensitivity for sure. Tyler shouldn't have blindsided. Williams says Charlene in the first one. Uh, Colin says, I don't care about training camp fights. Football players are going to fight sometimes. It's a violent sport. You got to be a, a violent person to play the game, man. Especially at that level. Both guys blindsided each other. It's square, says uh, Lisa here. P. Fica says, only time I will care is if a fight interrupts camp every day. Oh, yeah. If it becomes a norm, then you've got an issue. Like the Buffalo Bills, for example, recently had an issue where like for consecutive days, they've had heated moments in practice. And, and you don't want that. Like you don't want things to escalate two days in a row or anything like that. So that's on the coaches. And we saw some clips with, you know, Mike McCarthy telling them that they are better than that. And, you know, how a coach would usually handle that situation. Stress relief says Ronnie. Guru says, I would rather we fight versus Chargers players in practice instead of our own. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what do I prefer in that situation, man, because at least I know that everyone in Oxnard, like every Dallas Cowboys player is looking out for each other. And maybe one of them is lost in the moment, but the other five men besides him are looking out for him and looking out for the other teammate. If it's joint practices, maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's like, you know, more of a pack effect where it's my guys versus your guys. I'm not sure that's how I look at it, at least. Uh, but it's a good, good discussion to have for sure. Uh, let's see here. Danny Savage says, oh my God, what's the big deal? Fighting is good. It's passion. And I feel the same way. I love it. I personally love it. Gilbert says, I like it. And this is what I like the most. This is Jaron Kears talking about it after the fact. After practice, this tweet is via Todd Arker. This quote, I should say. And this is Jaron Kears talking about what went down. And I quote, they came for us talking about the offense. So we ain't taking no from nobody. All 32 teams, we ain't taking no from nobody. So if that's what it comes down to, whether it's our offense or the next offense, we're trying to show we're the best in the business. It got spicy out here. It's going to get spicy on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whenever the F we got to line up. That's how we going to come. Let's go, Jaren. I'm, I'm ready to run through a freaking wall for Jaren Kears right now. I'm ready to go to war for number 27. And I kind of enjoy hearing Jaren Kears say that after practice. Like, sure, man, we are a team. We're trying to win the Super Bowl together. But first and foremost, 
I'm one with the defense. Like, those are my guys. Those are the guys that I will be actually taking the field with every single week. And it doesn't matter who is across from us. We're going to bring it. That's what you want to hear. You don't want them fighting in the regular season, obviously. I think that's pretty much obvious. But I like the passion. I think it's the right message. You see Dak Prescott talking to Micah after Micah basically initiates the second act of the fights. And I think that's that also sends the right message. You know, hey, you're Micah. You're getting defensive player of the year votes. You're one of the best in the NFL. But still, you're going to get called out by the quarterback if you do that stuff. If you are the one throwing an actual punch, then you're hearing about it, even though you are Micah Parsons. And I think that also sends the right message. When they were all together, Micah was still yelling like, we're still going to win the Super Bowl, according to Patrick Walker. So and the video that he uploaded. So overall, right message. Passion shown in practice. And then Cowboys Chris says, iron literally sharpening iron. <laughs> I'm not even sure where this began, but I've seen it take, uh, take over national media and NFL Twitter. Like everyone is throwing out that quote in the preseason. I don't know if it's something about generic quotes or something, but I've enjoyed it for sure. Bruce says, Mo fights now equals teamwork later. Exactly. Exactly. In a weird way, it is bonding at the end of the day. Marcus says, iron sharpening iron, bound to create some sparks. Love it. Guru says, good. They didn't take their helmets off and swing them around. Now, had that happened, this conversation would be different, right? If you're, if you're taking off your helmet, and you are swinging the helmets, then I think that is pretty different because now you are really putting, forget about your teammates, you're putting human beings in harm's way and you shouldn't be doing that because that's, that, that's pretty much a weapon at that point when being handled by, by players of that size, of that strength, etc. cetera. Uh, now, having said that, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about Tyler Viadish. Because you talk about that offensive line for the Cowboys and turning the page really quickly here on the show. With Sock Martin being back on practice, we're finally getting a look at the starting five for the Cowboys on the field at the same time. That is Tyron Smith, who has been determined the left tackle by the Cowboys. I think we've figured that out since minicamp back in June. Tyler Smith next to him at left guard, basically the same configuration that we were expecting back in 2022 before Tyron Smith got injured. And then Tyler Vyadish at center. And then on the right side, we know Zach Martin, Theron Steele. Out of those five names, I think that Vyadish is the one that will usually create some questions. He is certainly the lesser known name, I think, out of the bunch. And even though Terrence Steele is an undrafted guy and he's a draft pick, it still got into that point, I think, since Terrence Steele is a tackle. It, that might be the, the reason why. But Biotish is usually a little bit underrated, in my opinion. And I remember that we talked about him so much last year when we were seeing him be a pooler in certain run situations and him plowing through the fenders, him looking solid in pass pro. I think he has come to be really one of the most underrated players on the Cowboys offense. 
Do I think he is set up for an all-pro season or even a pro bowler season? Wouldn't go that far. However, I don't think that he's anywhere close to being a liability like some people would like to suggest. And specifically, I think that we've seen him get better consistently. Like last year, he was a much better version of Tyler Vyadish than we thought about. Uh, he looks like a solid player in pass pro. He looks physical. He is violent, as we saw today and as we've known for a long time. But how about this clip? Going up against first-round rookie Masi Smith, who we know it's is pretty damn strong. And Masi Smith holds his own, honestly. It's kind of like a rep in which you see a little bit from both. But ultimately, I think that's a rep that would go to Tyler on a game day situation. Let's look at it. Here we go. This is from Patrick Nosey Walker yet again. Let's look at the clip. I'm sorry, but that's a Tyler Vyadish rep all day long. Look at that anchor. Look at that anchor, those hops, really keeping those two feet in the ground, playing with gravity. Let's watch it again and watch the depth. Watch Masi push him into depth, but how long he takes, right? I think that's a win for Tyler Vyadish any day of the week. Solid work from Tyler Vyadish. And honestly, you got to look at his body of work and realize that he's been getting better and better every year. And if he really becomes like this solidified, consistent center in the trenches, you look at that Cowboys offensive line. And I agree with you guys that, you know, the offensive line has very little depth. But if we're talking about the starting group of players, this might be a top 10 offensive line in the NFL, honestly. And there are some good, good offensive lines out there. So I wouldn't, I don't think I, I would put them in the top five because I think there are some pretty good lines out there in the NFL. But I think they could rank in the top 10. Like when you look at it unit by unit, and I don't think, uh, so for example, I'm not sure about this, so I'm going to look it up as we talk. PFF does rankings of offensive lines every single year. So I'm going to look for the most recent ones. These are from the 13th of June. And you have the Eagles at number one, Browns at number two. And I agree with the Browns, man. That's a pretty good unit. The Chiefs at number three, Ravens, Lions. Let's see where the Cowboys rank. The, the Cowboys actually in PFF rankings, they rank right outside of the top five. So they're at number six. They are at number six. So that goes to show you that we're not too far off here uh, by suggesting that this isn't the top 10 offensive line. And it feels like we don't talk about it nearly enough. feels like just because the Cowboys are not anywhere close to that 2014 offensive line or to that 2016 offensive line that we have stopped looking at the offensive line as a strength. But it does seem like a strength, honestly, to me at this point. Danny makes a good point. It depends on how Steele plays, you know, as he rehabs from the knee injury, for sure. It depends on how healthy Tyron Smith looks like in 2023. I agree with all of that. Uh, based on the healthy version of these players, this is a very good offensive line, and I'm looking forward to seeing it in action 
as soon as the season starts. One more thing, though, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, do me a favor and smash that thumbs up, please. It takes about half a second to do it, and you help out tremendously in growing the show and putting it in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So take a second and hit the thumbs up. Now, on Saturday, Saturday night, by the way, because it's 9 p.m. Central, Cowboys versus the Seahawks. It's in Seattle, hence the time of the game. Preseason week two, we're not going to see starters. I don't think that, I mean, beyond the young ones like we talked about last week and how it happened this weekend, last weekend, you know, you're going to see Jake Ferguson, maybe a little bit of him. You're going to see Demon Clark. You're going to see those players that are projected to start, but that are not that experienced. And to me, the matchup to watch in week two has to be the Ron Bland going up against first round rookie wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. He had a pretty good preseason opener. He showed off those nifty routes out of the slot. And you're going to be playing one of your few starters at nickel cornerback if you are the Cowboys. So that's going to be Bland. And even after Bland, you're going to see Kelvin Joseph go up against Smith and Jigba. So what situation are we going to be talking about Sunday night when we see each other here on primetime? Is it going to be, oh man, JSN destroyed Kelvin Joseph? Or maybe he gave the wrong Bland a couple of headaches, or is it going to be Bland looked like a veteran out there against a rookie? Which is it going to be? I'm very excited about it. We know that Bland is pretty good, but we also have to admit the playing time for Bland is pretty limited still. So it's always one of those players that generates a level of intrigue. And what I like about Bland is that he can play outside too and i wonder like if you are if you are the cowboys and the seattle seahawks don't play their starters all that much and maybe their best wide receiver out there is jackson smith and jigba do you allow bland to play inside at the beginning of the game because he spent a lot of time outside in the preseason opener since you know trevon diggs is not playing stefan gilmore is not playing so they're giving him those outside reps. I wonder if that changes in this game. And that's why it's my matchup to watch because I would expect them to allow Bland to go up against somebody like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who looks like such an NFL-ready talent, especially at this lot position, which is pretty much what he will likely be limited to anyways. So do they line up Bland across from JSN or do they line him up outside exclusively? And if they do line him up outside exclusively, how does Kelvin Joseph look like against JSN? It feels to me that out of whatever happens with the Cowboys lineup, whoever faces Smith and Jigba the most is going to end up on the winners and losers posts in one of those two. Will it be a winner? I'm looking forward to seeing all of that. And of course, tomorrow night, We'll be talking more about the matchup. We will be talking more about players to be following closely. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you tomorrow night. That will be it for me tonight. 
Let's see some more of your comments though before I get out of here. Colin says, at this point, do we think that Biadish was the best center in his draft? Probably, and we got him for a fifth rounder. Not gonna lie, I would need to go back and look at the centers of that year. Lance's KJ will definitely be on notice. I agree, I agree. Uh, Georgia got the number one center in the draft, says Danny Savage. Giants got better on O-line, JMS, legit center. Oh yeah, Michael Smith is killing it for the Giants so far. The Giants are looking like a dangerous team, man. JMS, I agree, is looking legit. Darren Waller is being one of the biggest winners around the NFL in training camp. So it's going to be fun. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you to Charlene, Colin, Gregory, Katharina. Thank you all so much. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.